Thank you for choosing to listen to this message. At Coastal, we believe in changing and enriching lives through the power of the Word. We pray that this message would be a blessing to you. And notice the change in our lives. I noticed a change when I came to Christ and I've seen the lives of thousands of people come to Christ and their lives are changed because they encountered the King, they encountered Christ, they encountered God, the one who's the life giver. And when that happens, the surroundings change. Have you seen these, some of these cartoons? It has this guy walking every time he steps like that, everything buds and blooms and everything buds and blooms and everything buds and blooms. That's what happens Even on our world, wherever our foot should tread, God has given it to us. That's what He said. That's what He's promised. That's what He's empowered us to be. And so we've got to understand that. And we need to respond to this promise that was announced here by Isaiah. We need to respond. We need to stand up in it. Because we get pushed around by every wave and doctrine and and media feed and whatever you get in the next feed, you get knocked around. This needs to be our source. This needs to be the thing we stand on. This needs to be our compass, which makes us stand up. Isaiah 35, 5 and 6, I then went on to say that, uh, no, let me go back. Let me go back. So Ephesians uh, 35, verse 3, it says, and with this news, talking about with this news, you need to respond You need to respond, strengthen those tired hands, encourage those weak knees and and say to the fearful heart, be strong and do not fear. And when you encourage each other that, it stirs us up and activates and advances the kingdom and and we're strengthened by it. And we need to be able to to strengthen our hands. And I spoke to you about that, it's our worship. Strengthen our knees, that's our prayer. And, and don't be fearful hearted. Why? Because when you get the word of God in it, faith comes, fear has to go. And that's what happens. And so that's what God is really encouraging us to do. As, as Fred spoke so well last, last week, he's talking about activate persistence. He spoke so well about it. And Fred, I just, wherever you are, I just thank you for serving last night, the church. Thank you. Appreciate it so much. Um, you just were such a servant of the Lord yesterday. Thank you. We need to replicate what Jesus did. They need to see Jesus and the Father in us. Because Jesus walked around, he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And so when we go around and we walk and it's a replica of the King, and we, we display it, they want what we have. And they come after it. But we need to be those ones that are are displaying it. Isaiah 35, 5, it says, and when he comes, who's he? Jesus. He will open the eyes of the blind. He will unplug the ears of the deaf. The lame will leap like a deer and those who, who cannot speak will sing for joy. And I, want to know, I want you to notice the very fulfillment of this. After being declared 700 years later, watch it fulfilled between John the Baptist and Jesus. Just, it just encouraged me when I saw this in Scripture. John, John the Baptist got imprisoned because he, uh, he, he wasn't compliant with uh, um, the, the, the politicians of the day, and they chucked him in, in jail. He read their mail by the Holy Ghost, and so he got chucked in jail. And he's, he said, John sent his disciples. And in Luke 7, 20, it says this, John the Baptist has sent us, this is his disciples speaking, to you to ask, 
are you the expected one? Or do we look for someone else? Coastal, I want to just say, whatever God shows you in the light, don't forget in the darkness. Remember that, because there are storms that will come. It's not if, uh, uh, if storms will come, it's when storms will come. We live in a real world, we live in a fallen world, but you've got to hang on to the light when it gets very dark. I had to hang on to that while growing the church in its early days. Uh, fathers would call me and say, Rod, whatever God showed you in the light, don't forget in the dark. And you must remember that. Coastal, can I just uh, encourage you? Don't isolate yourself. Don't stay away from believers, from fellowship, from family. Don't stay away from God. Because I tell you what, the animal that wants its breakfast will chase a herd, and the one that leaves the herd is going to be breakfast. Stay with the fellowship of the believers. Keeps you encouraged. It keeps you challenged. It works on those yuck, yuck things in your life. And it's important. It's God's process of sanctifying us. It's important. I'm talking to you as a pastor. It's important. I've never stayed out of fellowship. Never stayed out of fellowship. But look what the verse 20, uh, 22 says um, after th this question was asked by John Baptist's uh, um, disciples. And Jesus answered and said to, to them, Go and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf are hearing. The dead are raised up, and the poor have the good, the gospel preached to them. Man, you talk about fulfillment of that scripture right there, you see. And so we need to proclaim and announce all that is, that is happening. And because that's what was, that took place. It's good news. And we are authorized as believers to walk in that same anointing. And we've got to walk in it. We've got to stand up in it. Will we see healing the first time we lay hands on somebody? No. Does it always have to be the preacher that has to pray for the sick? No. Anybody that believes, that say believers will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Believers will give a now word by the Holy Ghost. It's believers that would do that. You don't have to be glowing in the dark. Switch the lights off. I don't glow in the dark. I just have clay feet just like you. I just have to have faith in God. Because he's anointed us to do that and to carry that. And I want to tell you, it's happening right here in our family. Right here in our family, stuff's happening. And I want to just open up that we're going to have our anniversary on the, on the 5th of March. Celebrating 18 years as being a church. And we want to invite you to come and share testimonies. We're asking for five-minute testimonies of things that God has done in your life. And I really want to encourage you, if you feel that you, you, you bless the body by telling people and just undergirding what God is doing, come and put your name down in Connect Corner and get, we'll just um, organize it so we can get you up to share and, and just tell of God's goodness. So please do that for me. But today I want to talk to you about Isaiah 35, verse 6 and 7. It talks about... Springs will gush forth in the wilderness and streams will water the wasteland. The parched ground will become a pool. A spring of water will satisfy, satisfy the thirsty land. Marsh, grass and reeds and rushes will flourish where desert jackals once lived. Again, he's announcing something that was going to be obtained here and I want us to not to be 
ignorant of what we have and how we can walk in it in our promised position right now. And so we need to look at it. Our substance, our strength, our supply comes from a source. It's in the scripture, it talks about a river and a stream. And it's, it's, it's a, a constant flow that's coming. And I want to tell you that we saw that supply come on the day of Pentecost in the Holy Ghost. When he talks about rivers and springs and, and, and pools flowing, I'm telling you what he's talking about, the Holy Spirit coming. Because I tell you what, Jesus did what he did to make a way so that Holy Spirit can come. He says, it's expedient that I go. I'm going to read that scripture in a moment. Because I cannot walk this walk without the power of the Holy Ghost. And I'll elaborate more. Can't get ahead of myself. But hallelujah. Isaiah 41, uh, 18, it says, I will open up the rivers uh, for them on the, high, uh, on the high plain. I will give them fountains of water in the valley. I will fill the desert with pools of water. Rivers fed by springs will flow across the, par the, the parched land. Holy Spirit's presence brings a garden in the wilderness. And when I talk about us walking into a place, we walk in the power of the Holy Ghost there and we change the atmosphere. When we walk into a, a, a situation, we walk in with the power of the Holy Ghost. Man, there's nothing with this rod. <laughs> it's just a clay vessel and I'll fall back to dust. It's the power of the Holy Ghost that's allowed to reside and in, work it in and through you. And that's what we need to and, uh, uh, draw out and, and allow to flow. And that we can. The, so I, just an example of the natural. Israel, is, it's, it's a miracle, that land. I mean, it's 60% desert. And, and, it has, and its population has, has, has um, tenfold since 1948. It's gone tenfold. But that country, that nation, exports water. Can you believe that? It exports very water-intense vegetables to the world. It's amazing. Val and I were there in 2020. And we saw, I mean, miles and miles of date trees. And so the, the tour guide was telling us, do you know how much water these things take? And I thought, well, they, must, they look like a desert plant. They could just take a few drops a day. He says, no, 50 gallons a day, each plant. And it's like 200,000 plants. How much water is that? But there's an endless supply God has blessed this nation with. And, this, and, and I don't think they can understand where this water comes from. But Isaiah 58, 11 says, The Lord will guide you continually. He will guide you. Uh, you, you, you get, will give you water when you are dry and restore your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. Jeremiah goes on in th verse, uh, chapter 31. It says, Life. Their life will be like watered gardens and their, and their sorrows will be gone. Again, again, he's talking, using every kind of verbiage he can, Isaiah and Jeremiah, to tell us of this incredible life that we get to live in because Christ has done what he's done. And we get to do that and we get to walk in it. God's, God's life provides abundance. There the children of Israel, uh, of Israel are in the wilderness and, um, and water comes out of a rock and it feeds approximately about a million people. The 600,000 just men that came out of the, in the Exodus had children and, and ladies, triple that. And it's interesting that this rock of water followed them. You think I'm making this up? 
Well, I saw this in Corinthians 10, verse 4. All of them, talking about the children of Israel, drank the same spiritual water. For they drank from the spiritual rock that traveled with them. The rock was Christ. (laughs) You see, when He's locked in with you, and you're in step with God, that rock comes with you. His provision comes with you. His life comes with you. And we need to have that confidence so when we walk into your area, we walk in being a, 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 an ambassador for Christ, coming with its full backing and its full power. That's what the embassies are like overseas. You, you step into that soil of the embassy, you're stepping into American soil. And you've got the whole American might going to take you out if you mess around in that piece of soil. That same thing. You mess around, God's on your side. Uh, it's... And if you follow God and delight in God and meditate in His ways and you lockstep with Him, uh, Psalm, Psalm 1 verse 3 says, And they, will, uh, they, will, they are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each, um, each season. Their, li- their, their leaves never withering and their, they prosper in all they do. Get into lockstep with Christ. And here uh, Isaiah is prophesying it. Jesus has delivered it, and what? He's put us in motion to fulfill it, to walk in it. And so that, that we are His billboard, His advertising. And that's what we need to be when we walk around and we d- display His goodness. Can't be like a bunch of people that have been sucking on, on lemons and be miserable and cranky and, and all that stuff. But church, I want you to be clear on this thing. This prosperity gospel that was preached, right, is all about providing stuff for me, 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 me. No, no. I'm talking about all this abundance that God has called us to live in, is to live in it so that we can be a blessing, so we can bring life to those that need it, that we can be the answer and some of the solutions by the power of the Holy Ghost with wisdom and knowledge and, and revelation can come through us. We can be the blessing. So we can have enough in our bank account so we can bless others, help those that are misfortunate. It's not about us. But I want to tell you, the most satisfying thing you can do in your Christian walk is live in this giving and, and being a conduit. When I say we're the conduit through which divine favor flows, that is the best place to be. I tell you, we'll, you'll be a happy conduit, a blessed conduit. Why? Because you cannot be such a blessing without getting blessed. Everything you touch got to be a dead man walking. It's, you, it's about God. And all this, I'm talking about living and walking in what God is, Christ has obtained for us. It's not for us. But I tell you what, you will be blessed. And you want the full fulfillment of Christians as a Christ follower? Do that. Give and be a vessel to which divine favor flows. And if you don't, you'll only be the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea is only the Dead Sea because it gives and never I mean, it receives and never gives. There's no outlet. No outlet to, to, to that. So you've got to understand that we are born to be a blessing. We are born to be the conduit through which favor flows. So my first point, I'm going to have to wrap through my first point. Hallelujah. And my second and my third. Hallelujah. I want to just say that Isaiah announced this, but Jesus brought this river to us. He brought the Holy Spirit. He made a way. He announced it. He taught it. And so we see this in the, in the Scriptures. We see Jesus uh, before, uh, when He was going to return 
to glory after his resurrection, he promised that he would send, that, that the, the Holy Spirit would be sent. This river would be, would be sent. Interesting thing where he first announced it or one of the places he announced it was at uh, one of the Feast of Tabernacles that he was attending. He was there and, and uh, I want to kind of give you a background to it is that at the Feast of Tabernacles, the last day, the crescendo, the climax of the festival, they would, the priest would take a flaglon. You may want to push the next picture up there. I discovered that. That's a flaglon. It's not that what we always, we call it a pitcher or we call it, a, South Africans call it a jug, an emmer, whatever it is, of water. And he would, they would walk up and they would go to the temple and then they would start praying and they would pray for rain, that the rain, the very thing that Isaiah was preaching about and, 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 and announcing, they would say that and they would be calling on the Messiah to come. That's what they would be doing right at the crescendo of this festival. Fast forward to where Jesus is here. That's the backdrop. Fast forward to Jesus in John chapter 7, verse 37. And on that day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds. He says, I'm gonna get, just, I gotta jump in ahead of the priest here quickly. Anybody who is thirsty may come to me. Quite inclusive that, eh? Anyone who's thirsty. Come to me. Anyone, inclusive, who believes in me may come and drink. For the scripture declares rivers of living water will flow out of, you, out of his heart. Verse 39 says, and when he said this, rivers, uh, living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would, who, would, uh, who would be given to everybody believing in him. But the spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into the, his glory. He was announcing where every year for I don't know how many decades at that feast, they would announce that this, the Spirit and, the, and Christ was coming. They would be announcing it. And now the Messiah himself is announcing it. And he is promising the Spirit is gonna come, that rivers will come to him, that would, would come to him. And so it was announced. Jesus announced the life, the living water, the Holy Spirit is to come. There is a distinction between being a well of water and a spring of water. It's a difference that I want to bring clarity to you that when we get saved, we have a deposit of the Holy Spirit come into our lives and He, uh, and he makes us born again. We come, our spirit is born again, but that is a measure of the Holy Spirit. He helps us uh, um, in the sanctification process. He helps us become, come to a nice person from a yuck yuck person. He helps us in that capacity. But when we get to that place where you want to flow in the Holy Ghost, want to be able to prophesy and speak to situations and be a blessing around you, you need to have that a second experience, which most of us in this room have done that, and that is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When that happens, there's a whole lot of shaking going on. Oh my gosh, and that is just wonderful. And I just want us to understand that, church. I want us to understand that. And just a quick example is Jackie Pullinger. She went, she went across to Hong Kong at the age of 18 to preach and to minister to the opium gangs. And she preached for many years there and had very little success. In fact, I'm not sure I could be open to correction. There was no salvations. And then some missionaries came along and said, 
um, have you been baptized in the Holy Ghost? She says, I've never heard about it. And she got baptized in the Holy Ghost, started speaking in a new language, and she's got thousands of people saved, healed, delivered, set free. Why? Because you have given Holy Spirit license to use this vessel. He does not barge his way in. He comes by invitation. I say that in objection to a lot of other religious people that would object to say that you got the full, no, no, you got to measure because the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He doesn't come in and take over your whole house. I don't walk into your house and then start rearranging your furniture. I don't. You come, I come by invite. Do not invite Valerie because if she does, gets invited, she will sort your house out. <laughs> Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is an endless supply. I tell you what, church, I cannot do this Christian thing on soul power. I can do it for a while, but you become dry. I mean, it's, it's, I need the, the power of the Holy Ghost every day, every moment, and that's what we need. And so that's what we have. I mean, you have a look at this. There's three springs in the north of, of, of Israel. I'm in dangerous ground here because I've got the professor in the house about Israel. But I've been told that those springs have been running hundreds and hundreds of years, gushing thousands and millions and trillions and gallons of water, literally the source of all the water we talk about. That's the kind of source we're talking about. And we're familiar here in Florida. We've got Dillion Springs, we've got Rainbow Springs, we've got, um, what other springs we've got? We've got uh, Jenny Springs. We understand that most things keep bubbling out the ground. I want us to understand that it, it, you cannot outdrain Holy Spirit. <laughs> so come on. There's more than enough to go around. Holy Spirit is that spring that's going to come to us and through us. And God wants us to, to understand that. Je John chapter 16, verse 7, Jesus said, It is best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the helper, which is the Holy Spirit, and the Amplified calls him comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthen, and standby. This English language, we say Holy Spirit, but it's a lot more than what we understand. If I don't, the helper won't come. And if I do go away, then I will send the Holy Spirit to you. It's so important that you realize that Jesus went and he sent Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is parakletos. I know people say paraclete. Parakletos is what I read and when I actually researched it this week. He's the one that comes alongside. Para means to come alongside. Like a parable is a story that comes alongside a truth to, 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 to illuminate the truth to you. Paragraph, all these English words that have the same, but paracletus, the Holy Spirit comes alongside us so that we can do this. But He does it with your nature, with your character, with your, with your obedience. He does that. That's what happens. And so one of the names he's called is Comforter. And so I also know that it's an item that happens, that lays on your bed. It's called a Comforter. <laughs> and it's amazing that um, you have this fancy Comforter, but you're not allowed to lay on it. And you're not allowed to sleep under it. It's just for sure. That's what happens. And I want you to say, you can you look at it, and you can't use it. And I want to say that that's what they're doing with the Holy Spirit. You can announce it on billboards. You can preach about it in Scripture. But you don't let Him have His way. You don't allow it to be used. The Comforter wants to be used. Please, today I'm begging you. It's obtained from Christ. Yeah. 
Yeah, some, some churches, Holy Spirit's just on show and not for use. Newsflash, Holy Spirit is for use. Yes. And He is waiting for us. Yes. Second point, Holy Spirit is not weird. I have to say that. Because, because there's weird people. Okay. There is a poll made and they say one in three people are weird. So can you look to the person to your right? And look to your person to your left. And if they are not weird, then you are weird. No, I'm only joking. I'm, a, I'm only joking. We're a peculiar people, aren't we? Hallelujah. Now the truth is that one in two are weird. Hallelujah. But when we first came here, 18, 18 years. Now listen, I was just joking in the polls. Don't go now. Email me and whatever you need to do. Hallelujah. 18 years ago, we came. There were only two spiritual churches in this, in this county. One was weird and the other one was very interesting. <laughs> And I've seen everything and the kitchen sink. And I've been in everything and the kitchen sink. But the Holy Spirit, I want to tell you, is not weird. He's powerful. Us flimsy bodies cannot handle the presence of the Holy Ghost. When He walks in the room, we'll be laying on the ground. Because He's just a weightiness of delight and amazement. And so we need to be aware of that. So, hallelujah. John, go, John goes on to, uh, John 16, it goes on in verse 12, it says, there is so much more, because he's talking to his disciples and he's cramming a lot of things in John 16 and 17 into them and saying, listen, I think, I, I think it was the next day he was going off to be crucified. He says, I've got to download this on you. But he, he, this is a part of his communication. There is so much I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. And when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own, but he but, but will tell you what he has heard. And he will tell you about the future. I emphasize he because he's a person. You understand that if we, if we approach him as a person, and many don't because he's got this name, Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. And we just say, that's, that's weird. We, we, can, we can talk to Father, we can talk to Son, but Holy Spirit, now that's an issue. And so when we get the Father and we get the Son, that's fine, but Holy Spirit, no, that's a problem. Uh, FYI, Holy Spirit is not His name. It's His description. That's what He does. He is holy and He's Spirit. But He is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And we've got to approach it boldly as a person when we, when we engage and interact with Him. It's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is not weird. I stand here after 45 years of serving Jesus and being baptized in the Holy Ghost. He is not weird. I've seen weird. And there's things that will happen when the Holy Ghost moves. So, last thought. Let the river flow. So it's been purchased for us. It's for us. But are we going to walk in it? And are we going to be the deliverers of it? Are we going to be the conduits of it? Are we? This life that God has given us and is done by the, co the cooperation with us and the Holy Spirit. That's what happens. And so it's, uh, we greatly impede ourselves of our effectiveness 
without, a te- without teaming up with Holy Spirit. We've got to understand that. We need the paracletos to come alongside us. Jesus in Acts, Acts chapter 1, verse 80, instructed his disciples, do not leave Jerusalem without the promise. And the promise was the Holy Spirit. He is telling us, do not leave that. In fact, Jesus did no miracles, didn't start his ministry until the, the Holy Spirit came upon him at his baptism, at his water baptism. Only then did he start walking in, in the ministry that God's called him. If Jesus, who was born, born again, and got baptized at his baptism, needed the Holy Spirit to fulfill what God has called in three, is, am I needed? Oh, I think it's your phone. Hallelujah. But anyway, if it's God, just tell him what I want. Hallelujah. But Jesus is, 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 is pressing us. Is pressing us um, uh, to, to understand that we need the Holy Spirit. And we cannot do this without the Holy Spirit. I cannot do anything in God outside of the Holy Spirit. I need His empowering. I need His, his, his encouragement. I need Him to help me to go forward. And so the, 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 the very first sign on the day of Pentecost was a supernatural language. Let me touch a little delicate spot called speaking in tongues. Hallelujah. 120 in the upper room get baptized in the Holy Ghost. And they come out and they start speaking in their new language that they received and 15 different nation groups were in the crowd and they all heard them glorifying God and telling God's amazing, uh, amazingness in their own language. Take that, sports lovers. Take that. I mean, that's what took place. And a funny, a funny thing, and I just want to talk a bit about it, about, um, about the tongue. And the tongue. It's, it's man's biggest downfall is this tongue. Silence it. And Holy Spirit is the only one that can silence it. Holy Spirit is the only one that can help you to restrain it and empower it. Get you to shut up or get you to speak spirit words and spirit life. He gets it. He gets you to do that. Funny how he tackles that. Why is it so important? Because Proverbs 18.21, it says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And very important that... uh, I'm going to use Val as an example. When she got prayed for, for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, uh, she didn't get her language straight away. In fact, it was a little while before it came. But how it came was interesting because I'm talking about how the Holy Spirit will restrain you. And so she worked for an ophthalmologist, an eye specialist, okay? Makes it easy, sure. And, and, and she, was, she had a real nasty customer, Given her what for? And, and she was about to use and a language came out of her. And God restrained her and I'm sure just prayed a blessing over the guy. And she was about to tell him his fortune and tell him what for and, and tongues came out. So God will use all sorts of ways of de- delivering your tongue, <laughs> delivering your tongue. Uh, the opposite happened in the Tower of Babel. Tower of Babel, they were just so in one accord, in one mind, in one place that they were building this tower and God said, uh, this, the, anything they put their mind to. And so he divided their languages and, and, and they dispersed. And we see the power of that language 
that, that took place there. James says this in James 3 verse 7. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, fishes, but no one can tame the tongue. It's a restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises the Lord and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. Just remember that when you want to tell somebody off. He's made in the image of, and she's made in the image of God. But watch your words. Watch your, watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. Wash it out of soap. Watch your mouth. A little spark starts a massive fire. A little rudder steers a, a massive ship. A little bit turns a massive horse and a tongue cannot be tamed. That's why Holy Ghost says, I need to get in there and sort this out because it's our downfall. And so he's worked on that. I must tell on myself now because I'm now, I'm 18 years old. I'm a military instructor and I am just like all the other military guys tearing the wallpaper off the wall with my language. I mean, you can't instruct without saying a few words. Outside of the outside of the, uh, the the dictionary, and then I got born again at, at, at my last year at high school, backslid really because I had no discipling or anything, and so when I was in the military, I went back to a church service, a Holy Ghost filled church service, and I just came back so charged up into the military and stuff, and God said, "Listen, I think we need to deal with this language," and in two weeks I, I stopped swearing and never sworn since. I think my son has, my son has heard my sons have heard me say one word, which most of you say every day, but I'm not allowed to say that. Um, but it's 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 what the Holy Spirit can do. He can grab you and restrain you. I want to tell you that there is the gift of tongues, and there's the grace of tongues. The gift of tongues is what God uses, and the gift in the church where somebody would speak in tongues and somebody would interpret it, and give an explanation to it. And, 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 and bring clarity to it. That's the gift of tongues that happens in that. But there is the, gift, the, the grace gift of tongues, which is a tongue that God gives us to pray, that we personally pray in our closets, in our, in, in our private space, and we can pray in, in, in Christian groups. We pray in, in the Spirit. We pray, pray in tongues, and it, as it comes, it's, it's, it's announcing all incredible things that God uh, wants us to pray. And so we need clarity on that. We need to understand that. And so people say, well, I don't have the gift of tongues. Well, that's bad theology. It's like walking past our, our, our offering box baskets here and the money just chops, jumps out of your pocket and into the, into, the, into the box. And you say, well, I've been praying for the gift of giving and now it's finally happened. That's ridiculous. It requires your cooperation. It doesn't happen like that. I haven't seen it yet. But you have to go to a desk and a pen and write a check or go to your device and go on to PayPal or go to whatever vehicle you want to use and then you send it. It's a cooperation of me with the, the unction of the Holy Spirit saying it's about time that we get a bigger building and you need to give your $5 million check now so we can buy the whole thing so we don't have to go to two services. Just saying, just saying. The same thing with the tongues. It requires cooperation for my lungs and my vocal cords and my mouth has to cooperate. Again, Holy Spirit is gentleman and he wants to work in you and through you. And so that's how he does it. And so it's, it's important that you understand it. It's like, you know, when you, and you were says, 
That whole, a whole lot of gibberish. I didn't understand it. Well, have you seen little kids talk? I come from a big family. And so the little kid on the other side gabbles something in, in, his, in his baby language. And the, and the elder kid says, he wants corn. <laughs> and I test it out. Give him bread. Ah. Give him a macaroni. Ah. Give him corn. And he smiles. And the elder kid says, I told you. I told you. That's what happens when you get a, a translation from a tongue. You get understanding and, you, and give clarity. And so we need the elder kid to translate sometimes um, when a tongue is given. So I invite you. If God's saying, giving you, a, 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 it wells up within you and you can hardly keep it down because it just so excites you that God wants to bubble through and communicate in a tongue. Come up here. Tell me you have a tongue. I'll give you a mic. Give you a moment. Speak the tongues. I'm going to believe God that somebody has the interpretation. There's enough gifting in the house. I want a now word from God that will break a heaven open or, or deliver people's lives. And that's what happens when God pitches up the grace of tongues. Um, Romans 8.26 says, The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. I tell you what, I'm just thankful because I have this problem with English language. And I think I'll go to my grave with the problem with English language. Because it doesn't make sense. And it's so limiting. So I can say, thank you, appreciate it, grateful, everything else. Eventually I run out of words and then I go into my tongue. It's expressing my heart. And I'm, I'm, I'm sharing God from my, from my heart and it goes, go, go, goes into tongues. And so I need all the help I can get because sometimes I don't know how to pray. Sometimes there's things that you've got to pray that you don't want to know that you're praying. Like you wake up and suddenly you have to pray and you say, well, I need to pray. Oh, my daughter is going to have a, 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 a head-on collision with a semi and it's going to be uh, fatal. I don't want that information. I just want to be able to pray in it in the Holy Ghost and it's dealt with because she's slow and late and, and misses the whole deal. Why? Because I managed to pray in the Holy Ghost, the perfect prayer to help that situation. There's some things I do not want to know. I say, okay, Lord, I'll leave it in tongues. Thank you very much. It's like God has led me while we're in, in this uh, February fast to come here at six in the morning and pray through till seven when, yes, coffee opens up. And I was led in one of the days just to go and pray in the Holy Ghost, praying my, in tongues over every chair. And I know some of you are sitting back there with the fold-out chairs and you're thinking, oh, you missed me. No, no, I actually went in there knowing that those fold-out chairs. So, and, the, and, and you're able to, I know that I could confidently know that George was going to be sitting on that chair and I'd pray in the Holy Ghost that whatever his need is, whatever his situation is, God was going to meet it. Did I know George was going to sit there? No. Did I know Debs was going to sit there? No. But every chair I prayed in the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit knows what's to come. And he was, he was allowing me. And that was the joy of, of having this gift of tongues and being able to, to pray in it. Corinthians 14.2. Corinthians kind of explains the whole lot if you want to have time to read it. Um, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, the Spirit, uh, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. And I'm speaking mysteries, and I need to hurry up and shut up. Hallelujah. I want to just say, Holy Spirit's a river. He's flowing from our belly, and we need to pray because it edifies us. And he says, for in Corinthians 14, 14, he says, if I pray in, the spirit, in, in tongues, my spirit prays. 
and I don't understand what I'm saying. Well then, what shall I do? I will pray in my spirit, and I will pray in words I understand. I will pray, I'll sing in the spirit, and I will also sing with words of my understanding. You've got to understand that there is this language that you will not understand. Don't let it bog you down. Just do it by faith. I want to tell you that when I came to hear the, vo- the word of salvation, I had to respond to the words that that preacher spoke and said, this is true, this is for me, I'm taking it now. And salvation came to my life. When I heard the pastor speak about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I said, that's for me. And I got up and I stood up and I took it. I took it by faith. And then I saw the fruit of it in my life. That's what happens when you accept Christ, you see the fruit of it in your life. When you accept the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you'll see the fruit of it in your life. It doesn't make you better because you got baptized in the Holy Spirit. It just makes you better off. That's what you need to know. It doesn't make you better. And if you haven't been prayed for with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, don't worry. I'm just advertising for it. All right? I'm just advertising for it. So I want to tell you that there's a difference between a well and a spring. And I just want us to be able to jump into it. Hallelujah. There's a couple of examples that I wanted to just share. I'll share Val's mom, Orthodox Greek, came into our charismatic church, managed to sit just behind the pastor's wife while we were singing, and Sally was singing, and then we had a time where the music lingered and people started singing a new song, started singing in the spirit, and when the message was all over, Val's mom went to Sally, the pastor's wife, and said, I did not know you spoke Greek. I didn't know that. She says, why do you say that? She says, you sang a song that blew me away in perfect Greek. She says, I don't know anything about Greek except for the words that people teach. And, and, and you realize something supernatural happened. Tom, our pastor in, in Zimbabwe, had to go and minister down in KwaZulu-Natal to Zulus. When he got there, there was no translator. There was no interpreter. And so he, he didn't know what to do. So he just carried on and preached his whole message in English. And at the end, all the Zulus were talking to him and, and I just, uh, just ecstatic about it. And he eventually got somebody who could seem, speak some English. He said, you, we heard you in perfect Zulu. You understand the Holy Spirit will do things so that the kingdom of God can advance. But he needs it and you to do it. Amen. Amen. And hallelujah. And on that note, I want to just say Mark chapter 1. Verse 8 says, John the Baptist said, I baptize you in water, but he, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Could you all stand with me? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not the baptizer. I know you've seen people, read in Scripture, laid hands, and people were baptized in the Holy Spirit, and they start speaking tongues. And then you, then you start seeing Cornelius, a Gentile. Uh, uh, Peter was busy preaching away and the Holy Ghost fell and they all started speaking in tongues. So I just want to make it available because it's Jesus that's going to come baptize you if you want to get baptized this morning. You're not going to leave this room if it has a desire in your heart to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. You may not get your language immediately, but don't let that bog you down. Just receive and give license to the Holy Spirit to come and flood your life and allow you to be a conduit for His glory, for His use. There's things that are going to happen in your life that are going to give evidence that Holy Ghost has come 
and taken residence in your clay vessel. And I want that if you want that. I'm not gonna get you go crazy and raise your hands high up like this. I just want you to lift your hands up like you're receiving something. If you want the Holy Ghost this morning and you wanna be baptized, some of us have kind of gone stale, gone dry, haven't, haven't reconnected. Maybe you just need a fresh, fresh touch of the Holy Ghost today. And I really wanna pray for you. I really feel that God is wanting to, to take us to another level so that we can minister in this community and we can see the dead raised, the blind see, the lame walk. We want those that are spiritually blind to have their eyes open, those that need a touch, that you would be the vessel through which divine favour flows. So with your hands, Father, we posture before you. And Jesus, we know that you're the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. And it was expedient that you get baptized and expedient that those disciples and those apostles get baptized. And today we stand here saying it is expedient, my God, that you baptize us with the Holy Ghost. And so, Father, I pray baptism, that, Father, that as they lift their hands in acknowledgement, that they want to be baptized by you. Holy Spirit, would you baptize them? And this I declare in Jesus' name over those that our hearts are postured towards it. I speak the Holy Spirit into your lives, into every crevice, in every, every part of your body, every reasoning of your life, every, every step that you take, that you're anointed, that you're appointed by God, that you are, you, you are touched and covered by the, by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not a goosebump thing, it's a faith thing. And our Father, I thank You that they're going to write it in their Bible, write it on their, in their journal, that today I got baptised in the Holy Ghost. Because I thank You, Father, that You baptised them in Jesus' Name. Amen. And all people said, Amen and Amen. Well, I preached myself tired and you guys need to go home. Hallelujah. Can I pray for you and dismiss you? Father, what a day. We thank You, Father, we'll... We'll see signs, wonders, and miracles. Because, Father, you've come, taken full residence by your Holy Spirit into the lives of those that have said yes today. I thank you, Father, for, the, for, for releasing the, 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 the language of the Spirit in their lives. Thank you that, that Father, while, while they're still walking and while they're talking, that you would break over them with, 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 your, with your love, break over them with a song, break over them with prophecy, my God. And we bless you for that and we thank you for that. And we walk out these doors empowered to do what you've purchased for us, Jesus. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Just no, one, one thing before you go. We have, where are you, Mike and Rachel? Where's your friends? These guys minister into Africa. I want to thank you. So Mike and Rachel are going to be selling coffee this morning. They're going to be serving you coffee. And everything that's made from there is going to go to them to help their ministry. So please, all of you, even if you're fasting coffee, just buy it for someone else. <laughs> Amen. And one more thing, because everyone loves a word of confirmation. <clears throat> Let me find it. Tell my people that I hold no good thing back from them that they have been given the keys that unlock the riches of heaven as you step out in faith. Remember what is wise to the world is foolishness to heaven. My provisions are activated as my people walk by faith, led by my spirit. 
Don't wait for bank accounts to appear prepared for your next move. Move by faith, not by sight. You know I have called you to such a radical faith. You want so badly to see me move, but you don't move expecting to see me. Wake up, awaken from backwards thinking and perceiving. Let's move. Love your heavenly father.